welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode, the second episode of the Aggie Roundtable, a podcast for you, the Aggie fans, the followers on the Facebook page, uh, the Aggie Roundtable, put together uh, by my buddy over here, Mario Muñiz. Hello, Mario. How are you doing, bud? Doing great. Hey, uh, thanks for setting up the Facebook page. It looks like you're getting some engagement. Yeah, we're almost to a thousand. A thousand? Members. Yeah, we're at like... Last I checked was 982. Wow, that's pretty darn good. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, your intent with this was to get engagement with fans, right? Yes. Cool. Well, it seems to be working out. It is. Uh, we need uh, fans again. We're doing this podcast for you guys. So when you see an announcement made that we're going to record, please uh, participate, ask some questions. And uh, there were some questions asked. You got questions ready, Mario? Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, we're, we have a guest. We have one guest right now. We're going to have other guests throughout the show. Uh, we'll be waiting for them to show up, and uh, but we do have a guest already. We're gonna bu- we're gonna be talking about name, image, and likeness. And we got a pro. We got an expert. We got one of the best in the business. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, sir? Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Paul Grindstaff. I'm the executive director of A Mountain Sports NIL Collective, right here in Las Cruces, and we uh, serve to further the the NIL uh, engagement between uh, student athletes community of Las Cruces and Aggie Nation. So you are called A Mountain Sports? Correct. That's that's the name of the, the entity, A the, Mountain Sports. And, and this entity is the entity that goes out and uh, tries to collect uh, donations, I guess? Correct. Um, so we're a collective of individuals and businesses, um, not only in Las Cruces, but quite literally across the country, whose singular focus is furthering the interests of New Mexico State athletics in, in general and New Mexico State athletes in particular. How has the landscape of college athletics changed since all this NIL stuff uh, began and since the rights were granted to student athletes? Well, the running joke is, and, and this became really popular around one of my other alma maters, uh, NIL stands for name, image, and likeness, but it also stands for now it's legal. Uh, <laughs> so, something that's been going on for a while. And, and, I uh, like that. And, and, uh, and, that. and that's one of the things. And, and, you know, the NCAA kind of set forth some guidelines, and what they wanted to do was put it upon the states and the institutions. And so they said, you follow your state law. If there is no state law, we'll come up with something. And we're fortunate in New Mexico to have one of the most generous state laws as it relates to name, yeah. image, and likeness. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you say that, you know, now it's legal, right? <laughs> That's so funny because before I before I started working in the college athletics realm, um, we used to, a buddy of mine used to say, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. That's exactly right. <laughs> That's exactly right. And, and, and it was one of those things where you know you're, that you're really poor at it if you're doing that and you're still not winning any game. You were talking about how you know they said to follow your state laws you know, follow the laws that are in your area i guess um i guess my question is wh- what are the key ncaa rules and regulations regarding nil 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 rights for student athletes sure they're pretty basic and straightforward first of all we begin with the new mexico state law which is quite quite simply very straightforward no institution may hinder a student athlete from benefiting from his or her name image and likeness now, some of the guidelines that go with that, when you enter a deal with a student, there, not, there must be an agreement, mm-hmm. and there has to be a quid pro quo. In other words, they got to do something in order to get paid. Yeah. And that something can't be performance on the field or the court. It needs to be some kind of service or things like that. Okay. With the exception of international students. International students 
um, they can only have passive income. They can't have active income. And okay. that might be beyond the scope of this conversation. Oh, wow. It gets deep then. Sure, sure does. Wow. Sure. wow. Mario, uh, if you have a, a question from, from the fans, because yeah. um, I, I have plenty more questions, but I want to make sure that we get the fan questions in as well, the, okay. the follower questions. So if you have a question from the, the fans and the followers, go ahead and ask one now. Yeah, this one's from Tony Martinez. He was asking um, if, if an athlete um, commits to university and gets the NIL deal and then withdraws from that university to go to another university, does he still be able to get an NIL deal at the other school? Great question, Tony up in, in Denver. Um, Thank you, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Thank and you, Tony. The short answer is yes. Um, of course, each deal is going to be governed by the contract that was signed and the agreement. And if a, if a student athlete leaves somewhere else, he can, he can uh, certainly benefit from his or her name, image, and likeness sub subject to that, state law, that state's law and the, the, the collective set up that institution or, any, or, any, well, or anywhere else. So that's certainly possible. Is there a current student athlete at New Mexico State that is under, I guess, like an NIL? I don't know if they call them contracts mm -hmm. or agreements. Yep. Um, is there a, an example of a student that currently has one right now? Sure. And in fact, if you want to go to our, if anyone wants, would like to go to our website, AggieNIL.com, we've got our entire roster of, of football player partners oh, wow. up there right now. AggieNIL.com. Correct. AggieNIL.com, listeners. And One more time, AggieNIL.com. And there's a lot of information on there. And of course, also on our, our social media is A Mountain Sports, which is at AMTN Sports on Twitter. We'll highlight our player partners. Off the top of my head, Shias, Pete, Diego Pavia, Eli Stowers, Andre Selden, um, just to name a few, Caden Yarrow, um, Dion, Big Dion Wilson up front, Keyshawn Elliott. All of those guys are NIL player partners. And that's certainly not an, an exhaustive list, but that's a representative yeah. list. Wow, that's so cool. That's really, really neat. Um, let me ask you another question. What are uh, kind of uh, potential challenges or concerns that have emer emerged since the implementation of NIL rights? Sure. Well, a, a big concern a lot of times is uh, tampering from other schools. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not supposed to interact with an athlete until and unless they're in the portal, and that happens anyway. Um, when you're a rule follower, sometimes it, a lot of times it's a lot more, it's a lot tougher for you than for those that aren't. Yeah. Um, some other things that, that come on is a lot of there's, it's very common, more, more common than it certainly should be, for schools to promise things and then not deliver. Yeah. You know, we don't enter enter into a deal without it being uh, backed or or uh, substantiated by by uh, funds raised or funds promised. Okay. Um, we wind up with sometimes student athletes that wind up at another institution because a previous one didn't follow through on what was promised. Mario, you want to ask another fan question if you have one? Um, regarding the NIL, like we talked about when a player commits and leads to another school, does the NIL like from previous schools forfeit it? It really depends on the contract. Okay. It, it, it could continue. It, 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 it seemed counterintuitive for a player to leave and still be paid by the former institution. Yeah, sure. It sounds like there's a lot for all of us to learn about this, but in particular, you know, the student athletes need to learn about this because sure. it's affecting their lives and their careers. So I guess, you know, my question is on that is how are colleges and universities and in particular here at New Mexico State educating student athletes about NIL rights and the responsibilities of those things? That's a great question. And, and it starts with the conversation we have with our player partners, which is, you know, to raise some money and get you some money, that's the easy part. Uh, the most fun part is partnering up with mentors, getting you financial literacy, training, guidance, and things like that. 
Um, there's an individual that's an employee of the athletic department um, named, named Amber from Louisiana Tech, and she has a oh, background wow. in name, image, and likeness. She does a really good job of educating, educating student athletes. Um, and then we try to partner up them up with, uh, with contributors that, are, that might be involved, for instance, with accounting, financial yeah. planning, and things yeah. like that, and mentoring as well. I mean, that's a smart thing to do because I know for myself, I had to learn the hard way about finances. Sure. You know what I mean? And, and I would imagine that when these uh, student athletes are growing and, and gaining financial, you know, gains, they need to learn how to save, invest, be responsible. Sure. I Absolutely. Mean, goes hand in hand. I mean, Mario, you were a student athlete at one point. Mm -hmm. um, talk about the, the how exciting this is for this to happen for other student athletes now. You know, you played long ago and, and now things have changed. What is that? you know feel like for you like as a as a as an aggie fan even it's it's i think it's a great thing um you know back in the horse drawn days it was you get a little per diem <coughs> check or a little cash on the plane that was it but now you know some of these players are making some pretty good money i know it's like you know i don't know too much so much with the nil but like when i saw with with that one girl from lsu and the basketball team yeah she's making more in college then she is the top player at the WNBA right now yeah it's just amazing like how much and I'm like well why would she want to leave her junior year to go pro when she's making more playing college ball and still getting her education and that's how it's changing is there anything else you can add to what he said right there because I think of you know those are big that's a big example what he just gave and with regard to the the athletes and benefiting them and we talked a little bit about it's more than just giving them money um, there was a, a similar show just like this not long ago in Oxford, Mississippi. They had the mayor on. Oh, and um, my nickname is the mayor. There you go. And so, and so, maybe you can send the same same message, which is this. And if we use, talk about it from the perspective of Las, of Las Cruces in New Mexico State, you know, we we obviously embrace our student athletes as New Mexico State Aggies, right? Yes. We also want to embrace them and prop them up as citizens of the community of Las Cruces. Mm -hmm. In order to do that, what better way than to partner with local businesses, local individuals, have them be proponents of businesses? and benefit from that instead yeah. of just doing it for free yeah. and help to further their name image and likeness that's that's an awesome awesome thought and, and you know i know that there's a lot of locals local businesses who are i guess antsy to do that sure and and, and a, a huge point with that is you know it's we know how much of within the fabric of Las Cruces, New Mexico State Athletics is right mm -hmm. if we were to look at things even objectively when you have a successful season gross receipts are up sales tax receipts are up yeah. business is up after a, after a football game people go out and celebrate after a basketball game you can go down to the beer place on university and, yeah. and it's full if you win if you don't win maybe not not so much and yeah. so it elevates everything and so you know when we talk about you know being a season ticket holder supporting your sports affinity club like the six-man club goal line club beyond that the other thing is we want to win games and yeah. to win games, you need players. Yeah. And to get players, you got to have NIL. And all of that raises all boats, including the community, business owners, fans, people listening to this podcast. So, excuse me, if, if somebody wants to join your initiative, sure. and I think this is a very important part, how can they join your initiative with uh, Aggie Mountain Sports? A Mountain Sports Collective, is the easiest thing to do is go to the, go to the website, AggieNIL.com. My email address is on there. My cell phone number is on there. There's a link where someone can contribute. We have individual and, and business op options. 
individuals. You know, we do an event every year called a stakeholders event, and that's a certain level, but folks can get in as, as low as $50, $100 a month. Businesses, of course, are at different levels, and there's different benefits for each level. And as I told everyone, like we were talking about before, I'm always glad to have a conversation if there's some, some gray areas or some things that need more discussion or yeah. explaining always glad to do it definitely and and have you seen uh since like nil came into play and, and since you put it into play here in new mexico state have you seen more fan engagement more i guess marketing come out of this absolutely more fan engagement more fan questions more more uh more wondering and like we were talking about before this this helps being in there's kind of three levels to nil okay you're in the game you're not in the game or you're one of these schools like Tennessee, uh, Michigan, things like that. We're yeah. in the game, which is critical. Yeah. And so there, there's there's folks that will attract. There's folks that will retain that we wouldn't otherwise retain. And of course, recruiting is always a hot topic. And so whenever yeah. that conversation goes on, that's a natural that's a, a, a natural uh, follow up yeah. to the recruiting game. Definitely, definitely. Um, Mario, I mean, I know that you were really excited to have him on to talk yeah. about NIL. What else do you, do you feel needs to be asked here uh, as far as from the side, the fan side of things? What um, other programs that maybe need the boosted NIL, like, I understand I know volleyball's kind of a, at a low end with it. What can fans or groups do, you know, to try to help with the other Olympic sports that don't get the popularity like basketball and football? So that's a great question. In fact, I was having a conversation just the other day with, with Coach Jody from women's basketball. Oh, and bro. and I, I think, first of all, whether it be volleyball, women's basketball, soccer, um, a comment made by her associate head coach is 100% true, which is uh, at New Mexico State to be in that game, to be in that game, not, not at a huge level, but in, a game, in the game, that changes the caliber of player we can recruit. You know, and one of our first female student-athlete player partners last year was a volleyball player. And to the extent there's engagement, we're always, we're always glad to, do, to partner up with players. And so the, the easiest thing to do is someone is a, a proponent of, of volleyball, uh, women's soccer, women's basketball, the easiest thing to do is that, again, Paul at AggieNIL.com or hit me up on my cell and say, hey, I want this to go to women's sports, so let's get this done, and we'll make sure that gets done. Okay. Awesome, awesome. awesome. Uh, this was very informative. I mean, I got a lot out of it already. Yeah, um, in a short he, period of time. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Here within 15 minutes, man, we got a lot of uh, uh, questions answered. Um, one last thing, though. What do you think of the long-term implications of this, uh, of the NIL rights, uh, not only for college athletics, but for New Mexico State? So nationally, there's always talk of regulation and more guidance. That's always going to be the case. In fact, this afternoon I was talking to uh, the person that heads up a collection of a, a collective at an SEC school, and an, another individual who's at a, a current American Athletic School, soon to be an ACC school. Uh -huh, uh -huh. All the movement. <laughs> <laughs> kind of the, the consensus says we got about two more years, most likely, where it's kind of the wild, wild west, and okay. there's some correction, some recalibration. Okay. But then there's going to be probably folks think there most likely will be some revenue sharing with the, the TV contract and things like that. Okay. And then the, with the NIL itself, uh, school affiliated collectors will still be there, and they'll, they'll probably focus on that that front line of student athletes okay cool that's great stuff here mr paul um again can you remind people how to get in contact with you to become a part of this initiative sure aggienil.com um my cell number's on there like uh like the, the guy at colorado says i ain't hard to find 214-938-1252 that's my cell number text me call me uh shoot me an email 
I'm always glad to have a conversation. Awesome, Mr. Paul. Thank you so much. My I pleasure. really appreciate your time. Again, in 15 minutes, we learned a lot. I, yeah. I think. What do you think, Mario? Yeah, we learned a lot today. <laughs> <laughs> so those listening, again, this is uh, Eddie Morelos hosting the Aggie Roundtable. We are recording here at Delicias Cafe in Las Cruces, New Mexico, here on 1413 East Amador uh, in Las Cruces, New Mexico. Come check it out. Great Mexican food. Uh, I love the breakfast here. You guys got to come try it out one day. Uh, Mr. Paul, anything else before you leave? I think the most important thing is keep an eye on your favorite Aggies because there's a really good chance that they're a player partner. If they're not, they should be. There you go, man. There, there you, go. you go. Do you know this next gentleman that we're about to bring on, Mr. James Hall? Oh, absolutely. We, we're all over the place with, with James. And, and I was telling these guys, you, you kind of lead the charge in the academics. I also made sure, told them to make sure that you mentioned your other star in there, Mr. Choppa. Yes, sir. Mr. Choppa. There we go. So, if uh, James, if you want to go ahead and get the headsets oh, on, and we'll get you going. And uh, Paul, if you want to hang out, you can. If you want to hang out for a few minutes, you're more than welcome to hang out with us and uh james can you can you go ahead and hear me nice and clear there yes i can awesome awesome if you pull that microphone a little bit closer to you if you're able to and uh we'll get your uh, sound uh, check here mr james hall can you give us the title of your uh of your job what's your job title no absolutely uh first and foremost thanks for having me but uh james hall senior associate athletic director and uh, chief diversity officer for the athletic department that is awesome and you've been with the aggies for how long now uh eddie believe it or not i am in my 18th year 18 here. years so let me think about that real quick yeah we started at about the same time if i'm not mistaken yeah it came down to july of 06. that's right and i became uh i became an employee in 06 as well yeah i was it. a student in 05 uh, with the sid office 06 i became a, a an employee and so we say that's awesome yes sir and, and i appreciate the the time i got to spend with you all those years and and still get to work with you uh, on occasion as well well likewise and that's what partnerships are about and that's how you build those relationships definitely definitely first uh, first question for you uh james uh, can you provide an overview of your role and responsibilities as uh the the, uh, the senior administrator uh, athletic director for um student development sure absolutely yeah you know the 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 biggest thing is being an advocate for that office. I mean, I don't do the heavy lifting like I used to, uh, meaning day-to-day -day advising with student-athletes. I, I think, as Paul mentioned, a lot of that goes out to uh, Rick Choppa and Jordan Reinhardt, and then Lynn Mendoza has been there for a while, and we've got two more academic advisors uh, just on board, Morgan, Morgan uh, Brown and uh, Emily, and I don't want to butcher her last name, so I'll wait on that one. But uh, they just started, they're fresh, and, and they really work with the student-athletes on a daily basis I just oversee that making sure that you know I navigate and and help run any interference uh, on campus uh, moving the on up through administration uh, I'm also a sport administrator for volleyball uh, track and field cross country uh, let's see uh, men's golf and I'm, I know I'm and uh, swimming and diving uh, so I'm the middleman between the head coach and uh, our, our athletic director, Mario Mocha, and uh, helping, whether it's budgeting, whether it's travel, uh, whether it's uh, sports performance or, or sports medicine, uh, dealing with different elements on a weekly basis uh, there. I also work with all of the sports as it relates to summer camps, whether that's an NMSU camp or a private camp. Uh, and so those are a lot of the things that I do at this point, uh, along with the uh, DEI, which is di diversity, equity, and inclusion. That's neat, uh, the, the DEI stuff. I just went through a training, a year-long training with uh, college sports communicators and got earned a little certificate about uh, diversity 
and uh, inclusion, uh, I was my eyes were open, James. My eyes were opened. Yeah, you know, I think it's uh, been long overdue. Ironically, uh, when I first started in the business back in, I was a, I like to say I was an athlete student because mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. I didn't focus on my academics very much. And then I became <laughs> a student athlete uh, when I was at Iowa State University. Uh, but then I, I was fortunate to have a great opportunity there and a wonderful uh, experience. And then uh, was educated enough to move on and get my master's uh, and then went to uh, the Ohio State University. And during that time, that was, you know, 91 to 94, they, uh, DEI was called affirmative action. Well, you know, yep, that, yep, that's what yep, it was. Yep. And then it kind of moved to cultural awareness and then it became, you know, the melting pot. And then it's you know, obviously surfaced to, to DEI, which is just, I think, exploded uh, and, and particularly on the educational front of higher education, uh, having people talk about a dialogue and put policies in place. Oh yeah, it's there's so much to it. Again, uh, I was uh, my eyes were open to it. I was glad to be a part of it. Uh, it made me feel uncomfortable at moments, but that's okay uh, because I think that helps growth. Yeah, and I think we need that in all all areas of, of college athletics. No, we do, and it'll be interesting to see what happens. As you know, the Supreme Court uh, just shot down, you know, utilizing the. Um, uh, race as an, an admissions, uh, yeah. you know, criteria. And, and they did that back, I want to say it's 1994, California did away with that. I think it was a proposal 208 or something. And they didn't, they said it wouldn't really hurt a lot of uh, the, the minority numbers in college, but sure enough in California, uh, as soon as that happened, their minority uh, entrance for uh, across the board dropped 50%. Uh, so it does matter, wow. uh, and, and I do think wow. that provides access, and I, I think we need to pay close attention to that in the general student body because without those type of without those type of opportunities as it relates to affirmative action and DEI, I think you're going to see a drop in the minority population as it relates to post secondary education. Yeah, wow, changes so many so many things going on. Uh, another thing I need to bring up right away and talk about is the academic success of New Mexico State Athletics Department. You again have been there for 18 years. Over all those years, I've seen nothing but consistent success in the classroom. And I just got to say that consistent success because it's been year after year after year. For example, this last year in the most recent uh, release that was sent out about the academic success, there was, uh, and, and correct me at, at any point in time, uh, 18 uh, years, so that's all of your years, 18, all 16 men's and women's sports combined GPA over a 3.0. Yeah, that's, you know what, that's what I'm most proud of, to be a part of, right, and to partner with the staff. Uh, and I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about the impact of coaches and, and making education an emphasis for our student athletes, uh, the faculty on campus, and the community. And let me add that, you know, the, I was just talking to Rick today and just told him, and I remind everybody, that the, the cupboard was not bare when I got to New Mexico State in 06. It was already going, and uh, Stacy Wilmot did a great job, uh, Rebecca yeah. Giles, and, yeah. and so many other people before I got here really created a, a tremendous foundation. I was just fortunate enough to tr create some leadership uh, that was moving forward that allowed us, because that's when APR came into place. And so extremely proud of these students, and, and there's no greater satisfaction seeing them graduate and family and friends and loved ones come and, and during commencement 
doesn't get any better than that and besides the championship maybe that, and those are the, that was another thing i wanted to bring up because uh in in the spring uh it mentions here that there was 131 student athletes that maintained a 3.5 gpa making them crimson scholars while also 42 student athletes posted a perfect 4.0 grade point average and then again many students they graduate and that's probably one of the best things, as you said. And I, I love seeing when a student athlete finishes their career and then graduates. Yes. And, and, and even goes farther and gets a, a graduate or a master's degree. Yeah, that's the ultimate goal, right? Uh, is, is to make sure that you become a proud Aggie alumni. And 61% and of our student athletes are scholar athletes, which means they maintain a 3.0 cube or higher. Uh, 3.5, as you indicated, uh, 131 and 42 of them uh, with a 4.0. I know Mario likes to take credit, but the, the, the higher level student athletes is the one I work with. So, uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just Believable. That's definitely not, not, not true. I had a uh, swimmer come in today, and she was getting ready for study hall and, you know, talked to her a little bit and said, yeah, you know, what do you – what's your remind me of your major again and she was like yeah chemical biology and i was like oh yeah i, I used to do that a long time ago yeah. uh you know but and, and and the majors you know just spread across the spectrum in the yeah. seven colleges that we have whether it's engineering uh education we've got um not business college those are probably our, our three top and obviously arts and science uh and and so that's the the thing you really love to see is a, a, a wide range of uh disciplines with our student athletes majors yeah. uh so that they can be competitive in a global job market and that's what you love to see as well diversity there you go <laughs> <laughs> uh, paul mario do you do you two have any questions i mean i got plenty of questions but i want to give you guys the opportunity to ask as well I've got a question with regard to resources available to, to student athletes, and in particular with, obviously we're going to have more travel um, with the new conference. You know, talking to Kathy, the, the softball coach, the other day, and, and their long road trips, and, and, and Coach Angier yesterday, are there changes that we're going to have to make with regard to student support, um, student success, as, as they spend more time on the road when conference season rolls around? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I think back when I first got here, you know, we had, you know, uh, I don't want to say a robust budget, but we had a budget where academic advisors could travel uh, with mm -hmm. teams, and that's what it's going to have to do now. You talked a little bit before about conference realignment. Uh, you've got UCLA going all the way over to Rutgers at some point, right? Uh, you know, for us, I mean, now that we're in Conference USA, we'll be, you know, the furthest we travel is Miami, right? And so you're, you're dealing with travel logistics. And so having somebody on the road to be able to conduct study hall, to be able to assist if it's advising, if it's help writing a, uh, crafting an email to a professor about an assignment or proctoring an exam uh, when you're on the road, those things will be critical. And, and Paul, you're absolutely right uh, that you never really have enough resources, finances, and personnel. Uh, but the academic services uh, that has that unit has to be one that gets the type of attention so that it that travel doesn't seem as long. Can you talk a, a piggyback off of that? Um, because I've seen it in action. You know what I mean? I've seen when the student athletes travel because I've traveled with them. But can you talk about how these student athletes are so extremely disciplined to where they do their how they do their study halls and homework on the road? 
Yeah, you know, a lot of it is you, you have to commend them. I think, as you said, they create a, a great balance uh, of being a student and an athlete. And, you know, some you, you really got to push a little bit more. You're trying to have them stay ahead of the game. Uh, you're worrying about their health, their, you know, their sleep, you know, what they're eating. But on the road, I mean, and again, the one big thing that helps us tremendously uh, it, that came out of COVID was online. And so a lot of times that a lot of the material you have is, is readily available and you can kind of get ahead of it, that helps. The problem is, uh, depending on what type of learning style you have, are you auditory, are you kinesthetic, are you visual? Sometimes that may not be the best when you're on the road. That's why it helps to have someone else there. But the online uh, opportunities, it gives them the chance to not miss as much class. Uh, they, they get to open that text or that, open that link. Uh, a lot of the books now are online, right? They're e-books. So now you're just you're flipping through there. You can put it on your iPad. You can put it on, you know, whatever uh, system you have. You can read it off your phone. So that part has helped a lot. That what you want them to be able to do is to absorb the content and be able to uh, recite it and give it back and, and do well in the performance in the classroom. So uh, it, it, it's been a good balance, but it's also a high-level pressure for them as well. Oh, yeah. And again, I, I've seen these uh, young men and young ladies uh, take their homework on the road and the way they group together and push themselves and... It's been amazing to, to see and you know i remember from back in the day you know i could think of a volleyball player who is now a surgeon mm -hmm. you know the kind of student athletes that we get here in right. new mexico state you know, you know the, the funny thing is because their regiment is so tough that could be from six in the morning to eight at night mm -hmm. uh, i remember obviously you know i had the two boys that went to new mexico state and mm -hmm. and i'll talk to xavier a lot and he says i you know i'm more equipped now than when I was in college because it prepared me. Mm -hmm. So going to the workforce is not as difficult, you know, because you got up 6 a.m., you're lifting, you're watching film, you're traveling, you're going to games, you're going to class, you're going to study hall, you're doing all of that. And so you've gotten used to that element across the board. And so he was prepared for working in the, in the global job market. And that piece right there, it's just a testament of what athletics can do for you when you utilize it as the right vehicle. And uh, I gotta say, I just gotta compliment you and your beautiful family, man. You oh, guys are amazing. Love you guys, man. Well, thank so you. So awesome. Appreciate that. Mario? Uh, can you tell us about your book? Sure. <laughs> I'll be more than happy to do that. <laughs> uh, I, I should have bought it. I, I don't promote it as, as, as well as I should, but it was something I wanted to do personally, Mario, uh, because I wanted to extend myself beyond just. New Mexico State, just a classroom, and, and just because a lot of times people, and, and particularly in today, right, you're dealing with a, a lot of mental health, right, and, yes. and a lot of kids do that, and the one thing you've got to do, and adults uh, for that matter as well, you got to stay positive, right? My grandmother was always that way, and so I just wanted to make sure you understood how do you become a more successful you, and mm -hmm. one of the things I did was always created acronyms when I started graduate school at Iowa State, and the first, I think the first acronym I came up with was CARE, and so celebrating academic responsibility every day. And I was like, oh man, I kind of came up with that pretty easy. Now fast forward about 10 years after that, uh, a good friend of mine working at Columbus Public Schools, Jackie Brown, she's, oh James, make me an acronym for relationships. I'm like, wow. I'm like, Jackie, you're kind of killing me, but I'm trying. But I promise you, that is the one thing that is so it connected to everything you do and that's the one acronym i use the most and, and so my acronym for uh, relationship is rapport everyone links and trust 
in one's narrative story and historical individual parallels systematically. Wow. And that's what the book is about, right? Taking those words, breaking them down, understanding what your purpose is, but it's all about your relationships you have with people because that's going to give you access, that's going to give you ownership, and that's going to give you an opportunity to invest in yourself. And so that's really what uh, the, the book is about is the Mr. Hall's A to Z, one, two, three to be in me, and that's the acronyms. Okay. How can people buy it? Well, you get on Amazon uh, and do that. I'll certainly give you that link. Uh, like I said, I, I, don't, I should promote it more than I do, but I don't. Um, it was just something for myself and, and just moving to that next level. But I'll okay. certainly give it's definitely on Amazon. Well, well, we'll share that link. I'll find it. I probably have it already. So yeah. I will uh, share that link on the Aggie Roundtable. Yeah. And uh, again, go out, uh, you Aggie fans. Uh, uh, read this book you'll be motivated and, and it's really just a handbook right it'll take you 10 15 minutes to get through it i'm not a guy that's going to be writing an autobiography at least not now uh, <laughs> but it's just that self-help you know something that can give someone that that boost that they may need positively because we never know what we're going what people are going through on a daily basis that's exactly. it that's why i made my little uh my little logo uh, keep pushing forward one day at a time yes uh, sir that's what we got to do you were talking about relationships and i want to know how has the relationship between the athletics department and the academic side of things uh grown or evolved over the years that you've been a part of new mexico state I've been to two other institutions, obviously being an undergrad grad school at Iowa State and then working at Ohio State, and they were great universities. Uh, but I, what I really commend uh, New Mexico State about is their faculty and, and their care for the students. And not that Iowa State and Ohio State didn't, I don't want to say that, but because we're smaller, right, we're hometown, they really engage with that student success and the faculty are always giving because they want those students to be successful, but they want them to be prepared. And every year we're working on best practices, you know, what's gonna work for athletics. And and because we're all trying to do the same thing and that's, you know, graduate our students, right? And so you're, you're always analyzing content you're trying to make sure that things are organic for New Mexico State and, and how you partner with faculty and staff and just other folks that's not even in the academia. It could be just a staff person working, right, whether that's in Taos. Uh, we have great relationships with them. We have great relationship with housing, the dean of students. I mean, you name it. Wow. That holistic experience for the students means everything. And so what we really try to do is create that holistic value, mm -hmm. but we have to do it by creating those partnerships with the campus. And that's why we did our honorary guest program for our faculty during football games. We're gonna to try to do it for basketball as well. It's try to honor those faculty and staff for partnering uh, with our athletics department. And I don't know if this is in your area or not, but is there uh, initiatives or programs or things that you guys are doing that help with uh, mental health? Mental health is a big topic these days, you know, making sure that we take care of ourselves and one another. Uh, and again, I don't know if this is your area or not, but if there is, can you share anything about that? No, it really is. It was a couple of years ago, even before COVID, uh, the, you know, countries started noticing, you know, it's, it's high pressure packed. I mean, and Paul talked about it earlier, right? Yeah. When you, It's a business now for these student athletes. They're their own business entities mm -hmm. and at 18 to 22 years old, and they're trying to uh, trying to decipher between contracts and making sure I'm not violating and breach a contract. I'm making sure that I've got a business manager and advisor and et cetera. So that's a lot of pressure and a lot of them mask that, right? Yeah. Because you're supposed to be tough. So what we were able to do through uh, some legislative dollars, even through the state of New Mexico, uh, and and Dominic Moreno, from the director of uh, sports medicine, yeah. is get a sports um, uh, psychologist. 
So that sports psychologist is in the academic center uh -huh. and student athletes have an opportunity to meet him and go and talk, you know, you know, through maybe some of the issues and pressures that they're facing on a daily basis. And that's a must uh, today because it's just different because while technology is great, it's also extremely high impact. Oh, yeah. And, and students are looking at that every day. Yeah. It's, it, you know, the things that we take in definitely affect us. Yes. Um, one last question for me, uh, before, before me, uh, do you two have any other questions for, for James? No, I just want to say that it's amazing how the graduation rates have risen for the athletic department, with athletics, you know, when I came out here in 89 through the 90s, graduation in athletics was real low. Yeah, <laughs> no, and it was, I mean, we, you know, that was prior to APR, the yeah. academic progress rate, and when I came, I think our graduation rate was 52%, now we're at 90%. Uh, but again, it, that's through the partnerships and everybody working hard on a daily basis to do one thing, mm -hmm. invest in our student athletes. That's yes. the promise that we're going to give you. Uh, and, and that's what makes us special, I think, in terms of uh, honoring that for parents uh, and, and the student athletes that are here. We will invest in you and we will challenge you to be the best person you can be. So when you leave here, you'll be a proud Aggie and a very competitive Aggie in the yes. workforce. I'm I'm inspired right there. And you dude. see a lot more grad students, too, <laughs> yeah. play, still yes. playing athletics. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Paul, anything else for Mr. James? Well, I think the thing that James just pointed out meshes really well with what we were talking about before. We talked about student athletes raising them up as Aggies. We want them to be Aggies and, and very visible, but we also want them to be active citizens of the community of Las Cruces. And by doing that on campus, off campus, being successful here, being successful in life, going back to the hometowns wherever they wind up, it really complements each other. Thank you. And I'll say real quick, um, so I know we gotta go, but uh, prior to COVID, uh, when you talk about community, our student athletes contributed to six, almost 6,500 hours of community services every year. Then COVID happened, so it kind of obviously shut everything down. We're picking that back up. So they do get into the community and they give back because they know those are the folks that are going to cheer them on. And so we're going to be boosting that community service uh, activities uh, now that COVID has left us. So piggybacking off of that, uh, for both, both of what Paul said and you said right there, how can the community become more involved or engage to help the academic side of things uh, for the New Mexico State Athletics Department? Sure, you know, one thing I say is a, it's kind of called swim or, swim or sink. And the swim is for shadowing, work experience, internship, or mentoring. Any of those opportunities that you have that you think student athletes could be great at your company, organization, or business, please let us know because we want to get them connected because there's nothing more valuable. Now, you can have all the wisdom in the world. Without and it's experience. Why, how, without experience, people aren't going to take you. You yep. know, and that's what people say. Well, I, I want you. I want to hire you, but you don't have any experience. Well, that's where the swimmer sink comes in. That shadowing, work experience, internships, or mentoring. If you have those opportunities, uh, let us know, and we'll get our student athletes plugged into you. Well, Eddie Morelos mm -hmm. has those opportunities at the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl every semester, spring, summer, or fall. <laughs> yeah. And come and intern with me as a marketing major. A PR major, all the all the above, and we'll get you going and get you experience because, like I tell them, you can go and work all your four years at Village Inn, but if, if you want to be a PR person, you don't have the experience. There you go. <laughs> We're gonna hold you to that. We'll be on that Sun Bowl volunteer list. Hey, there you go, <laughs> Mr. James Hall. Thank you, man. Appreciate you coming on today.
Well, thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Good, good luck the rest of the year. You know, I'll be following. Yes, sir. Appreciate okay, it. We're going to bring on our next guest over here. we got some young ladies waiting. Paul, thank you again. Appreciate you. Great this is Eddie, Eddie Morelos hosting hey, the Aggie Roundtable here in Las Cruces, New Mexico. Um, we're going to bring on our next guest. We're just going to get right into it. We're here in Delicias Cafe in Las Cruces, New Mexico. You can find the, uh, the Delicias at 1413 East Amador, again, in Las Cruces. They are open until 8 p.m. And again, great Mexican food here. Uh, it's a very, very nice atmosphere. Come on, uh, check us out. And uh, thank you again, Paul. Appreciate you guys so much. James, thank you so much. Uh, do you know these two young ladies, James? Oh, okay, so we're going to find out about them. They're part of the New Mexico State soccer team. Thank you again, James. Appreciate you, man. You're awesome. Uh, we're, they're part of the New Mexico State soccer team. Can you ladies hear me? Yeah. Yeah? Okay, so whenever you guys talk, I just need you to just talk nice and close to that microphone there. And uh, if you need to just, you know, move your chair over a little bit, you go ahead and do that. Again, members of the New Mexico State soccer team, and I've been asking for uh, members of the soccer team for about three weeks now. Uh, so uh, luckily today I tried again, and they said uh, they got a hold of you guys. So I'm going to go ahead and have you ladies introduce yourselves. Okay, I'm going to start with you. Uh, my Sorry, name is you're closer. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Brooke Schultz, and I'm a midfielder for the Aggies. I'm number 17. I'm from Seattle, Washington. Wow, from Seattle, Washington. What a difference in the weather, right? Yeah, for a, sure. A, a lot greener and a lot rainier in Seattle. Oh, yeah, but it's nice being here in the sun and you like the not sun? dealing with the rain. Yeah, you, I do. You, you like the heat? Oh, I love the oh, heat, yeah. Oh, we're already friends then. <laughs> we're friends. And then your, your partner over here, your teammate, um, my name's Maya Hammock. Um, I'm number three, and I'm technically, yeah, a defender, and I'm from Aurora, Oregon. From the Northwest as well? <laughs> yeah. Aurora, Oregon. Where uh, is the biggest city, I guess, by Aurora? Where is that part Por of? Portland probably would be the biggest. I'm like 45 minutes south, so oh, pretty wow. close, yeah. So both of you guys are kind of the same region <laughs> over in the, the Pacific Northwest, as they mm -hmm. call it. So you, you guys got to uh, experience a lot of rainy days. Right? Yes, definitely. I love the rain. You love it. <laughs> I do. So, so yeah. does this heat kind of mess with you a little bit? I mean, I miss it for sure. But when it does rain here, I almost like appreciate it more, I think, you know. So, Miss Maya, you, you, what, what was the position you said you played? Um, I, I'm a defender, yeah, but yeah. I, didn't, I didn't come in as a defender. So my whole life I played midfield and forward, but I've transitioned to a defender. So, yeah, I play that now, but it's good. So I, I got a, a note saying that uh, you're the only Aggie to play every minute this season. <laughs> every minute. So far, yes, That's I have. That's a lot of minutes. Oh, yeah, it's, it's definitely How draining. do you prepare for something like that? What did you do over the summer to prepare for that? Um, it's actually funny. So Brooke actually um, lived with me down in Oregon this summer. Oh, and wow. Yeah, it was really fun. Cool. And so we um, played on this pre-professional um, women's team. It's called United PDX. And yeah, so we basically trained with them, what was it, three times a week? Yeah, yeah, three times a week. And then we had like one to two games a week. And like obviously we had our summer running packets, so that helped. But the games really helped us stay in it. Wow, that's so neat. That's so <laughs> that's so awesome. That you guys lived together. What was that experience like for you? It was really cool. Um, it was fun, like being with Maya's family and um, get to the getting to know them a lot better and like her brothers and stuff. And um, the team that we played for was like really good competition, um, really fun team. So it was cool to get that opportunity this year. So from what I'm understanding, you're kind of making a comeback from an injury. Yeah, I had um, an Achilles injury, just struggling with tendonitis throughout the year. And then um, 
Yeah, my first game back was last game against Pacific, and we got that win, which was really good. It was really good to be back on the field. So, you beat them three um, to one. Yeah, three to one. It was a good <laughs> win. Um, so yeah, looking forward to getting back out there and keeping my Achilles healthy. So, on a, I guess a more of a student athlete kind of thing uh, question here, because uh, you guys just saw James Hall left. He was a part of us. Uh, you know, uh, does the academic stuff. A lot of academic stuff. Talk about the balance, the time management that goes on goes on in your lives as being a student athlete. You know, we we're talking about when you travel, you have to take your homework with you. Uh, I've traveled with the, you know all the teams of the Aggies in the past, so I've seen it in action. But we want I want to hear your perspective of traveling and taking care of business as far as your your academic school. We'll start with your partner over here this time. <laughs> um, yeah, so my classes are like all in person, which is definitely really hard with season. But for me, it's just a lot about like communication with my professors, you know, and a lot of them, as long as you're like, you know, like, oh, here's the days I'm going to miss, you know, stuff like that. They're really like work manageable as long as you want to put in that effort and time and like you said, like it's just we kind of bring that homework with us, studying on the plane, on the road, wherever you can. And then we do um, have a lot of like team study halls, so I think that helps us like stay on top of stuff. But yeah. How about for you, ma'am? What's that like for you? Oh yeah, same same thing. It's just all about keeping that balance. Um, a lot of times in season we're super busy, like especially when we're traveling, and so it's important to make time for the things that like you need to, like your homework and all the stuff that is important, so. Yeah, because yeah. then you guys gotta do community service stuff, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. And then you gotta have friends once in a while. Yeah, <laughs> our coaches actually always say that um, it's important to get a balance between soccer, um, social, and school, and you gotta like sacrifice one thing, and they always say like, social's the thing you have to sacrifice <laughs> because soccer and school like has to come first, so. And, and, it, it, and, Sorry to interrupt, but it is nice. We do have, like, you know, all our friends on the team. So, yeah. like, our social life is really within the team. But it's definitely, like Brooke says, a big balance. Yeah, most definitely, you know. And, and I like coaches' advice because in life, you know, those, those two things that you're not sacrificing are going to get you farther, right? Mm -hmm. And those that want to socialize with you, if they're really your friends, They'll support you in your 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 things that you're going to become successful at. Mm -hmm. So, right. uh, remind me your coach's name. Rob. Coach Rob. Yep. Mm -hmm. Coach Rob, thank you for uh, sharing that advice with these <laughs> young ladies, and uh, I definitely agree with you. And I hope uh, these young ladies take that with them along the way. This is Mario Muniz. He's he's a, he's a, one of the administrators of the group, the Aggie Roundtable, as you guys see the, the name mm -hmm. there. This is the Aggie Roundtable podcast that we put on for the members of this group. Mr. Mario, do you have any questions for these two young ladies? Yeah. Well, um, what do you guys think the competition is going to be like once you enter conference play? Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's hard to say because it's a new conference. So conference USA. Yeah, yeah. conference USA. It's exciting to get to play against new teams. Um, just being in the WAC for all those years, like we know a lot of the teams and like how they play. So it's just completely different now, which is going to be an adjustment for sure. Just to kind of figure out how these teams play and um, the new competition. But I think it's going to be exciting just to um, see new teams that we're not used to and mm. like figure out how they play and how we're going to match it. So, yeah, it'll be exciting for sure. Okay. Miss Maya, you're a junior here. Mm -hmm. um, so you've been around here a little bit. What's it been like, you know, I guess adjusting to life in, in, in Las Cruces, New Mexico, life on campus at New Mexico State University? What's that been like for you? Um, 
It's honestly been a super easy adjustment. Um, I mean, I come from a super really tight-knit family. Like, the way I live, like, my cousins are across the field. My grandparents are two miles away, you know, so I'm very close with my family. And I felt like that's exactly what I was brought into here. And I just, like easily like the coaches have been were so welcoming like my friends like our teammates like we all became a family like super quickly so I think that was a super easy adjustment and for me I definitely do like to stay busy and soccer in school like does that so for me it was an, an easy adjustment I did get homesick here and there the first year but having my teammates close to me helped a lot again like you guys said your social life is your teammates oh and, yeah uh, I've seen that in action as well um it says here that uh, your father played with your coach? Yeah, he did. They uh, both played at so, University of Portland. Yeah, uh, so Ms. Brooke, uh, what, what's that like? Has that affected uh, anything at all? Like as far as like maybe your workouts? Like, I know your dad and you should be hard, working harder than that. Or, or I'm going to tell your dad you didn't. You know, it, it, has that affected anything at all? No, no, nothing like that. But um, my dad, when he played, he was a defender and like very physical would always like you know, knock people over, push them to the ground. So if I, like, go into a hard tackle, they'll be like, oh, like, that's what your dad used to do. Just <laughs> stuff like that. Oh, really? But yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, well, that's kind of what I'm, you know, wanting to yeah. hear about, if there's anything like that. Yeah, they're like, oh, like, that was your dad right there. <laughs> <laughs> that's so awesome. Yeah. And, and uh, after after you, you know, high school, you went and, um, and before you got to Las Cruces, you were at the University of Oregon for a little bit. Um what was that like being at that Pac-12 school? Uh, you know, what was that like for you? Uh, you know, especially being growing up in that region. Yeah, it was. Um, you know, like growing up there and being in the Northwest, it was um, cool because I had like family in Oregon and stuff. But I think I was definitely ready for a change, like just being there my whole life. And then um, I was just, you know, entered the portal and. Um, looked here and it was like just what I wanted it was like a big change than what I was used to but I think that I was ready for that change and yeah. it ended up working out like really well so plus we got warmer weather and better food yeah <laughs> definitely, <laughs> definitely. Uh, Miss Maya how did you first become interested in soccer and what inspired you to join uh, the New Mexico State Aggies um, I mean, honestly, I've been playing soccer my entire life, but it was definitely um, my parents that just, my parents were, surprisingly, my parents never really played soccer, but um, they just like love sports, so they put me in it all, and I think it was just a pretty easy sport to pick up and like super competitive, and then with the Aggies, um, during my recruiting process, you know, I was looking all around, and then I think one of the biggest things for me was when I like talked to Rob and Miguel, they really like made me feel like welcomed and I talked to some of the girls and it just really seemed like a good place for home and I did want the warmer weather just for a little bit a <laughs> little bit go. of a change <laughs> but um go. yeah it was definitely and I a big thing about us at the time was we were in like an up-and-coming program and I really wanted to be a part of like something and like make a change you know and and I had met a few girls that were like already committed and like a lot of them were super competitive and wanted to be a big part of that program so that definitely got me into it Awesome, awesome. Miss Brooke, can you describe the atmosphere, the energy? What is it like playing over here in Las Cruces, New Mexico? I've been to some games. There's been good crowds. You guys get yeah. decent crowds over yeah. here at the New Mexico State University. What's it like? It's it's such a good environment. You know, like, we'll get the band out there. There's um, 
a lot of people in the stands like we get a lot of support just from the community who comes and watches us and it's really cool to see like I think the energies especially like on our Thursday night or like Friday night games under the lights it's just yeah. like it's pretty unmatched like it's pretty special to be a part of so wow to it's hear you, cool to hear you say that it's pretty unmatched is, is awesome and I would encourage more people to get out there and experience it for themselves I yeah mean, definitely I, I'm a newer soccer fan uh, 10 years you know what I mean and the the times I've gone I sit like as close as possible <laughs> yeah you know what I mean I just I love it I've grown to love the game of mm -hmm. soccer uh, speaking of that do you guys have are you guys fans of any soccer teams any soccer players around the world uh, Miss Maya um obviously coming from Oregon I love like the Portland Thorns um and I think Alex Morgan has always just been like one of my favorites I, she used to play for the Portland Thorns back okay. home and so I actually like met her and stuff um but yeah I also really love Carly Lloyd and yeah Sydney LaRue she's one of my favorites okay. too but yeah how about you, Miss Brooke? Yeah, like same as Maya, just um, growing up as a youth soccer player, like watching the women's national team, they were always like super fun to watch and like inspiring to watch. And um, I also like watching a lot of the like English Premier League teams and like Manchester City. Oh, and that, is, yeah. is that your team? Yeah. So did you watch this past weekend? I'm a big Premier League fan, so I get up early in the mornings on Saturdays <laughs> yeah, and Sundays. That's Rob. Oh, oh, really? Oh, yeah. He's got him hey, on in the team Mr. room all Coach the time. Coach Rob, if you want to hang out and watch some Premier League <laughs> soccer at, at uh, 4 a.m., uh, let me know. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll wake up and watch a game with you, Coach. He's yeah. a huge Manchester United fan. Oh, really? Yeah. So, again, I'm a new fan, right? And, and over the years, I haven't had a team until the last two years. Um, I was uh, assigned Ashton Villa. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, who do I go for? <laughs> and my buddy and I that we were working one day, he's like, how about Ashton Villa? I'm like, let me look real quick. Uh, let's look at their logo. Let's look at their colors. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, they, they see they're doing pretty decent. They have mm -hmm. pretty darn good players. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's and fun to watch. It really is. And I'll, I'll tell you, girls, I, the, my point of view, some of the most athletic athletes in the world, soccer players, mm -hmm. hands down. Oh, yeah. It doesn't, I mean, men, women, both. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about the athleticism that goes on in the sport, Miss Maya? You first. Um, I mean, yeah, I think like there's just a lot of different things that like come into soccer. And I mean, like you have speed, you have strength, and like I think that definitely plays a part in it. And I think like we try to, we try to do that. Like you try to have a very well rounded athlete, is how I would say soccer athletes are. You know, you build that in the weight room, you build that on the field with like your touches, your skills. Then you also, you know, have to have a pretty high fitness. So it's a, I'd say soccer players are very well rounded athletes. Oh, yeah. Is there anything you can add to that, Miss Brooke? Yeah. It's um, like Maya said, you have to be very well rounded. Like you, there's got to be a balance of, you know, strength, speed, quickness, and also. Um, your like endurance and cardio is very important like we do a lot of running <laughs> just to make sure that we're fit for the games yeah. like we work really hard in the off season and in season just to like maintain our fitness and build it so so yeah. you you both played youth soccer of course um, what advice would you give aspiring youth that want to make it to the level that you guys are at the call the collegiate level what kind of advice can you give these youngsters that, that might want to follow your first steps miss Brooke you go first um, I think that it's important to work on your technical skills and um, just build that from a young age and work on like not only your strong foot but your weak foot. I think 
that's definitely like a difference changer if you can get both feet strong and um yeah and also just like make sure that you enjoy it a lot like mm-hmm. at a young age and because that's what's really gonna like keep you going and motivated oh, yeah. is if you like love it and yeah. really enjoy it most so. definitely miss maya can you add anything to that yeah that was some great advice brooke to add um i think i would say like like always want to like do more because like i think my dad always said to me he was like you know someone's always like working harder and so like if even if it's just like you know you go out for an hour and do some extra shooting or like some extra running i think that's what really sets people apart at like the level we're at you know like who can play at that level and also like i know as like players get older in the recruiting process like just put yourself out there you know and like reach out to coaches and like like brooke said like just keep a love for the sport whether it's just like you know going around kicking the ball or like playing with some friends like definitely if you want to keep playing you gotta love it there you go i agree i 100 percent agree that's why i'm still in the business of uh, college <laughs> athletics because i i love i love it i love yeah. it all i really do mario do you uh, anything anything else to add or ask before i ask some more questions yeah what's the, like your nutrition your you know your nutrition mm-hmm. stuff um, yeah, I mean, in season, I feel like it's definitely a little di- different than off season. It's a little like more like carbs, you know, a lot of protein. Um, but it just depends day by day. We do have like we try to like get in stuff right after workouts and stuff like that. But when we travel, you always like, you know, try to have a lot of carbs before the game, protein after to like re- replenish those nutrients and stuff. But yeah, you try to try to eat as healthy as possible for sure in season. Cold strict on that? Um, no. Not really. Here and there, yeah, sometimes I mean, he's like, "Don't eat Chick Fil A," but <laughs> yeah. but I think Chick Fil A is pretty good. The macros are good on it. Chicken. But yeah, exactly. Good chicken. <laughs> Brooke, you got anything else to add there? Um, yeah, I mean, they'll like bring in nutritionists and stuff to come and talk to us about um, kind of like what we should be eating, how we should be eating, how much, and just to give us kind of an idea. But um, they just kind of say like just trust like what works for you and um yeah and and during the season too they feed us a lot of times before the games and after the games just Mm -hmm. to make sure we're getting in a good pre-game meal post-game meal and then on our travel trips too like they feed us um healthy meals and make sure that we're that was the one thing i loved about you know traveling with all the teams over the years was the 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 food oh yeah Yeah. definitely nice uh, getting to eat on all these different uh uh, places that serve uh, carbs, you know, Italian type <laughs> yeah. food. Yeah. You know, oh sure. yeah. And you know, you find those local, those local places. Mm-hmm. The best. Yeah. yeah. You know what best. I mean. So that that was one of the benefits of traveling, and I know you girls probably enjoy it, enjoy it as well. Um, coming up, uh, you guys got some important games coming up uh, Sunday. You guys got a big one coming up on Sunday mm-hmm. in Albuquerque yeah. against the rivals <laughs> against, against the Lobos of UNM. This is going to be the first time you play them uh, since 2021. Uh, so you guys are uh, looking forward to that, and then you travel on September the twenty-first. You go down uh, down south to El Paso, Texas, to take mm-hmm. on the U10 Miners. That is on September the twenty-first. That's going to be the first uh, road conference USA match. Um, last season, the Aggies beat the Miners three to zero, and um, that was the first uh, win in the season uh, that ended with a program record thirteen victories <laughs> and uh, first conference title and the first NCAA appearance. What was that like? It was really cool. I think, like, as a college athlete, that's something that you always strive for is making the NCAA tournament. And it was just cool to, like, be playing a huge school in, like, a big environment. And, yeah, it was definitely really cool to be a part of. 
How about you? For you, Maya, what was your perspective? Yeah, it was definitely a little, like, surreal when you look back on it, you know? Because I think, you know, we're a smaller D1 school in the sense, so I think, especially in the soccer world, and so I think sometimes, like, you, like, almost don't have that in your head, but that's really, like, the big goal, and I think finally getting there was so, like, relieving to know that, like, all our hard work had gone there, and I think now we just have to set our the bar even higher to like reach that level again because we know we can and you know try to win that game and so but it was really cool great experience so uh aggie fans go to nmstatesports.com to check out the entire schedule of the new mexico state uh women's soccer team make sure you check out uh see when they're at home uh so you can support them here in las cruces uh but again uh and they will be heading to take on the rivals unm lobos on sunday and then they will take on the other rivals in a Conference USA matchup on September 21st, the UTEP Miners over in El Paso, Texas. Those are very easy travel destinations for Aggie fans. So I encourage you guys to get out there and support these awesome young ladies. Uh, a couple of uh, final questions here as we wrap this thing up, young uh, ladies. Uh, since you've been here, have you guys found a, 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 your favorite spot to eat? Um, um, probably, oh, I love corner bakery, but if I'm going for like authentic food, it's yeah. probably got to be on delays. Okay. I love on delays. <laughs> what did I say last time, Mara? Didn't I say last time everybody loves on delays? It's the official Aggie spot. You, you, yeah. can't, you can't miss with there. It's so yeah. good. Yeah, definitely. I just was just there a day before yesterday. <laughs> and myself, I had the green chili chicken enchiladas. Oh, oh yeah. Those are the best. Oh, you like on delays too, yeah. Ms. Brooke? Is that your yep. favorite, one of your favorites too? Uh, yeah, for sure. You know, it's funny. I, I also had corner bakery this weekend too corner ba- we have corner bakery shout out corner bakery um for every pre-game meal and it's really good wow. i just i just can't like you can't go wrong there they're yeah. so solid it really is right? yeah it really is um, hey i know we talked about role games but they have a game tomorrow Oh, yeah. If I put this this out on time. Against the running Rebels. If I put this out on time, you can find out that they have a game tomorrow against UNLV, uh, which tomorrow will be September the 7th, uh, Thursday, September the 7th, 7 p.m. Yep. Yep. 7 p.m. So I'm going to work hard to get this out so the people (laughs) that are listening right now, you'll be going to the game right as soon as you're done listening to this and support these awesome young ladies. Girls, anything else that you want to tell the Aggie fans about uh, the New Mexico State soccer team? Um, I just like to say for anyone listening, like we always appreciate the support and we can't wait to make you guys proud and have a good season this year. There you go, Miss Brooke. Anything else? Um, I second that. <laughs> it's always like so fun seeing everyone out at the games. Like the support has been so great and we just really appreciate all of it. Talk so. about that one before I let you go. Talk about the fans that go to the games and what that's been like because the fans seem to be very engaging. Oh yeah, for sure. It's like um, we get, get get some like regular fans out there, which is really cool, um, just to see like those people time and again. And um, yeah, it's it's just a fun environment, like to be there a part you go. of. So. Yeah, and and also to add, we have a lot of um, a lot of the youth, like little girls, come out from the the teams around in Las Cruces, and that's so cool to see and like. Yeah. Love seeing the smiles on their face and just the energy they bring. I'll be like playing, and I'll be like, "Go three, or like go mine." It's yeah. just, it's so great. It fills you with a lot of joy. That's so awesome. the I fans are great. I can tell. They're, they're <laughs> glowing as yeah. you're talking about that. That's so cool. So again, Thursday, uh, September seventh, 
Uh, Aggies will take on UNLV Running Rebels uh, here in Las Cruces, New Mexico. They're on the campus of New Mexico State University. Go to nmstatesports.com for the complete uh, schedule. Again, they'll be heading up to Albuquerque to take on the Lobos. You can travel with them, follow the bus, and go watch <laughs> them in Albuquerque. And then on uh, September the 21st, uh, we'll be taking on the Miners in El Paso, Texas, Texas for the very first Conference USA road game. Again, we're recording here in uh, Delicia's Cafe here in Las Cruces, New Mexico at 1413 East Amador uh, here in Las Cruces. They're open until 8 o'clock uh, pretty much every day. And again, this is the Aggie Roundtable podcast. Uh, I'm the host, Eddie Morelos. I got the administrator of the Aggie Roundtable, Mario Muniz, with me. Mario, anything else for the group before we go? I just want to say good luck for the rest of the season. And Thank you. Just keep... Keep grinding, keep doing what you guys are doing. Thank you. Thank you, ladies, so much. Again, you can find all these episodes on Spotify or Apple Podcast. I do put up the links as well on the Facebook page of the Aggie Roundtable, as well as my own personal Facebook page. I will be sending you all the links so you guys can send it to all your friends and family and tell them about all the wonderful news of Aggie soccer. And until then, go Aggies. Thanks for having us. Thank you.